Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast, a monthly opportunity to meet and connect with Fairfax County leaders, to learn about the latest county news and information, and hear more on specific Fairfax County programs and services. Now here's your host, Jim Person, with this month's guest. Well, hello, and welcome to Connect with County Leaders podcast on this special coronavirus COVID-19 edition. I'm joined by Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill and Fairfax County Health Director, Dr. Gloria Ada Ayinsu, and we're going to talk about the ongoing coronavirus situation. Mr. Hill, Dr. Ada Ayinsu, thank you both for being on this special edition of the podcast. Thank you. Mr. Hill. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, Mr. Hill. We were just here, what, um, a few days ago with the regular March podcast edition that was talking about budget and strategic plan, how quick things change. Yes, <laughs> things do quick, things change quickly. And you know, uh, Jim, we are um, an ever evolving organization. Again, we, were, we, we put out a strategic plan because I've always been the proponent to tell folks a change is never good if you're being told to change. You always want to be ahead of the change. And currently, um, we are being told to change, but we don't know what we're being told. We right. just have to change. And with this pandemic uh, that's going on throughout our country as well as the world, uh, we are now having to redo how we do business, refocus in our practices, um, get our business continuity into a place that it will fit and ebb and flow because we don't know what the future is going to entail. However, we have to be prepared for the future. Right. Well, I know, uh, Dr. Gloria, Dr. Uh, ben Schwartz, uh, Director of Epidemiology and Population Health, I think I got his title correct, okay. uh, did a really excellent video the other day from the day we are recording this, uh, March 20th, uh, this special edition, that, uh, that talked about the, the testing as we knew it in Fairfax County now, because as Mr. Hill said, things change, I was gonna say daily, but it's almost hourly, because you have a, a press conference from the governor that comes out, then a national CDC press event, things change. How does the local health department, how do you react to that kind of rapid change? It is a challenge, it is a challenge, um, but it's not unusual at the health department to have multiple things going on. Right. Um, the issue is that many times the media isn't interested in or doesn't know what, what it is that we're doing. Um, but it certainly is heightened when we have it sustained. And you, that's, that's the biggest challenge that we're facing right, right. now. Right. As you've heard me say before, the processes and our, our response to COVID is basically the same way that we have responded to all infectious diseases. Right. The fortunate things thing about the other experiences with other infectious diseases is that there is usually an end in sight. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a marathon for two weeks and then it begins to slow down. Right. We've been at this for months right. and there's no end in sight, right. but we just have to do what we have to do. Right. I mean, that's, that's why we come to work. That's why public health exists. Um, one of our core functions is to prevent epidemics and the spread of disease. Um, so in situations like this, Sometimes you can't prevent um, uh, a, a new virus, like the COVID virus, from entering the human population, but we try our best to slow down how rapidly it moves through our community. Right. One point I wanna make, Fairfax County Health District That's correct. 
is Fairfax County, but also Falls Church and the city of Fairfax. So it's covering more than just Fairfax County. That's correct. Okay. And the towns within Fairfax County. Okay. So okay. our health department serves all of these okay. um, jurisdictions. So a lot of, uh, that's a lot of people, a lot of jurisdictions, a lot of businesses, mm -hmm. a lot of doctors, a lot of healthcare professionals looking t to you for guidance. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Um, on this special edition of the Connect with County Leaders podcast, the coronavirus special edition, which may be the first of several ongoing special editions that we have to talk about other issues, but today our focus is, is kind of on health and talking to Mr. Hill a little bit too about county government operations. Take a step back. What is coronavirus, COVID-19, as we're hearing it? What, what, what is it? So in general, coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that cause illness ranging from things like the common cold to SARS. We all recall SARS about 15 or so years ago, right. MERS-CoV, the Middle Eastern um, Respiratory um, Syndrome. Um, and then now this new coronavirus. It is a, um, a novel virus which hasn't, which typically infects um, animals. So these coronaviruses mm -hmm tend to be what we call zoonotic, um, they cause zoonotic diseases because they typically infect animals and then somehow humans get into their crosshairs because of how closely we work with animals okay. and so on and so forth. And then, so initially, um, these viruses, because they are um, animal viruses, don't have a way of, um, of transmitting from human to human successfully. Okay. And what constitutes a pandemic is when three conditions are met. So the first is a new virus entering the human population for whom we don't, for which we don't have any immunity. And then the second thing is that that virus then has to cause illness. And the third condition is that that virus has to be able to spread from human to human in a sustainable fashion. And once that happens, you have a pandemic on your hands because then as people move, right the virus also moves with it okay. and, and cause worldwide disease, right. which is what a pandemic is. And I want to get to that, that, that spread, that human to human, that spread, because I think there may be some confusion locally as well as other jurisdictions that are not facing, um, hopefully not yet, but hopefully not going to have to face situations like in California, Washington, New York, et cetera. So I want, I want to get back to that. But we talked about pandemic and, and spreading. How, how can we stop the spread? Is it, is it just as simple as hand washing? So it really is all those messages we give if we did it correctly. Right, right. So these viruses are not just flying in the air and making targets. They are spread through, in terms of COVID, through respiratory droplets that come out of um, our mouths when we speak or cough. Um, those droplets, if you are infected with COVID, if you have il the illness, then your respiratory droplet would be infected with, with, with the virus. Um, that virus can fall directly onto the face, the mouth, the eye of the person that you are in front of. Um, the virus doesn't, those droplets don't travel more than six feet, which is why that six feet message. When we're talking um, actually, social distancing. That's okay. what comes into okay. play. So that, that droplet will fall on the ground 
and stay there on the ground. The other way is that that droplet could then fall on a surface, like a table, a knob, a doorknob, whatever, and then someone comes behind you, touches that, touches their face, touches mm -hmm. their eye, and so on, and then they can infect themselves. Right. So the messages that we say, or we encourage people to follow, are basically trying to prevent these steps from, from happening. So when we say cover your coughs and your sneezes, then that droplet doesn't travel and either fall on somebody's face or the doorknob or whatever for someone else to come after you and do that. Mm -hmm. When you cough into your hands, why we say you should wash your hands is because then your hands are infected and if we were to touch somebody, shake hands, right. that person is going to then touch. We really touch our face. We're not, we don't I, I know how, so how much we do that. that right now. <laughs> but we, we, we just do it out of yeah. nervousness, just habit, yeah. whatever. We, yeah. Our hands are constantly on our face, our <clears throat> eyes and so on and we auto, um, um, and inoculate ourselves with, with, with germs. Right. So that's where the, the second message of the hand washing um, comes in. And then the third message about staying home when sick. Again, these viruses, as I said, unflying long distances. So it, it really is within six feet. So if you stay home when you're sick, right. then as far as you are concerned, nobody is going to be come uh, nobody's going to get in contact right. with your droplets and your, you know, and germs, except for your close household contacts. Right. Um, so, and even then, we can practice social distancing in our home setting as well. Right. So it's about really paying attention to these messages um, and, um, you know, avoiding, um, you know, um, what do you call it, uh, crowded spaces mm -hmm. and so on. Again, it's within our power to actually do that. Right. Um, and avoiding non-essential, you know, um, trips to, you know, outside of our homes and right. so on and so right. forth. Right. So it really is within our, our power. It is hard because we have become accustomed to living the way that we do. Right. And even a simple thing as, you know, touching your face as simple as it's, it sounds, I'm sure in an hour we do it many times, right. you know? And so those are hard habits to break. Right, yeah. But it is possible to really, um, otherwise public health wouldn't be um, harping on those messages right. um, because they do work. Right, I'm they so self-conscious so self with you in the room with me right now. Mm -hmm. I want to touch my face, but I'm like, no, don't do it, don't do it. Mr. Hill, these things we've just heard from Dr. Gloria, the cleaning surfaces, the hand washing, the staying home with sick, how is that affecting Fairfax County government operations? Well, it's directly impacting the, our operations. Um, you know, my job as the county executive is to, one, make sure everybody's safe and sound, but two, we also have to procure our services for the service delivery area of about 1.2 million people. And if we're not doing that, uh, if we're not creating the habits of social distancing, washing um, your hands properly, wiping down tables, um, we will be in a situation where we will have to shut down our government. That would be catastrophic to our region because unbeknownst to many people, um, Fairfax County is 14, sorry, 13% of the population. Uh, we are 24% of the net wealth and we pretty much provide Richmond a lot of money from this region based upon the way we do business. If we shut down our government and 
business cannot continue for the state or for the Commonwealth of Virginia, then we will be in significant problems where we have essential versus non-essential staff. Um, if we have to get to the essential staff only, our business of operations will be basically shut down. Um, public safety is a key, um, but building codes is a major key for us. Permitting, if we're not able to continue doing business as we do, it's a, it's a, it's a potential catastrophic situation with our, with our revenue and our budget and for our staff because I won't be able to afford the staff that, that we currently have. The main thing that we're trying to do is tele, telework as much as we possibly can that makes sense. You know, when public safety asks me to telework, it's kind of hard. Right. Um, when public works, um, when we're doing sanitation pickups, wants to telework, it's kind of hard. However, when we have opportunities in health and human services or finance or other operations that can telework, we're going to take that advantage so we can develop our social distancing within our organization. Uh, Jay Doshi and DTA has done an excellent job in how he's continuing to have the front desk manned. Every other seat, there is a person willing to accept and talk to our residents. Once they are complete, there's a six foot space between them and the staff. The staff will then come around and sanitize and wipe off the desks. If a person is exhibiting coughing spells, we move them into another room and we do it through video. We are trying to change the way we do government. And if we continue this way, everybody's looking at Fairfax County. The amount of emails I've received and the amount of calls I've received based on our last board meeting, how did you get that done? You had social distancing, you had nobody in the boardroom, and you still conducted business. I said, just wait. We're going to be doing continuity of business next and figuring out ways that we can do and how we can get the, our, our community involved remotely tele, through telecommunications as well as electronically, and we're going to do our business differently. But again, as I stated earlier, I hate to be the one being told to change. I'd rather be the one enforcing the change and guiding the change because I can do it at our pace. We're not at our pace anymore. With this pandemic, we're changing how we do government. And Dr. Gloria is right. We have to be conscious socially of what we're doing, how we're coughing, how we're sneezing, who's around, how far apart are you? We have to continue understanding that this is a new normal. And the new normal changes daily. Right. We are recording this on March 20th, just to give some time, <coughs> uh, date perspective. Uh, March 12th, I believe it was, when Fairfax County announced the first two presumptive positive at that, at that time. So eight days. Mm -hmm. it, it seems like so much longer, <laughs> I'm sure, to you, especially in the health department. I'm surprised to hear you say that. I thought it was longer. Right, right. So really just over a week from, from the announcement of positive cases. Wow. And, you know, uh, Mr. Hill, a lot of uh, county <laughs> operation buildings have closed, the telework, a lot of different things. And... Unfortunately, Dr. Gloria, if I understand correctly, there's not really an end in sight. We don't have a, we don't have a cure. We don't have a cure. So with, with these new viruses for which nobody is immune to, mm -hmm. the only way to get immunity is either through vaccines, 
which we don't have at this point, and um, we don't expect to have in the foreseeable future, up to a year or more. And the other way to gain immunity is by getting ill and mm. surviving that illness. Okay. Um, so those are the only two choices that we so, have. So if you do get coronavirus mm -hmm. and recover, That's you, you will not get it again. That's correct. Okay. All right. Testing. <laughs> we, we, need, we need to bring that up. We need to address it uh, as best we can. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of confusion comes from and a lot of questions have been coming about testing. Why not just test everybody? <laughs> Can't we have a drive-through where we just go do testing? As I said kind of at the top of the show, things are different here as they are in neighboring jurisdictions, neighboring states, the conditions are worse. So first of all, let's just talk about broadly testing. What is testing for, for the coronavirus? What does it involve? So testing for coronavirus in, is, involves um, obtaining a nasopharyngeal um, specimen, which is just having a, a long Q-tip. Like a swab? A swab. Okay. Um, go through your, your nostril and, and, um, until it touches the back of your throat. It's very uncomfortable. Mm. And the um, provider who's obtaining that will have to um, you know, swirl it around a little bit at the back of the throat to make sure that they get right. samples um, um, and not... Uh, so that, that technique is, is very significant because if you don't do it well, you might have a negative okay. test. Okay. Uh, and it's not because the person is negative, it's because you didn't really didn't reach the back. Okay. And so when you get that um, swab, when you take it out, you put it into a tube and you send it into um, um, a lab for a kind of test testing process called PCR. PCR? Yes. Okay. Um, and that involves um, being able to identify a snippet of the genetic material of the virus. They use certain chemicals to then detect um, um, the genetic material that was obtained from the swab. Mm -hmm. If you're positive, the genetic material will be detected by these chemical process. And if you're negative, the, the test will not show right. um, that the genetic material is there. Okay. So, in a nutshell, that's what that's what the testing process um, in, entails. But in order for you to be, in order for your provider to obtain that sample, um, in order that they don't infect themselves, right. it is recommended mm -hmm. that they wear personal protective equipment. Right. Which, That's where I was going which, next. Which we yeah. call PPE. Okay. And in this case, specifically, an N95 respirator. Mm. So. Um, <clears throat> so and that and that's not the paper mask. That's no. the the more elaborate. That's a more elaborate one. Okay. That was the um, original recommendation. Although now, um, you know, we've had lots of um, n we have a national um, shortage right. of N95 um, respirators. And so um, CDC is saying that you could actually use um, the um, um, face mask. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't sit well with, with providers. Okay. Um, okay. Because they want to keep their staff safe course, as well. Right. Of course. I mean, that is the backbone of our search right. capacity. If the providers are no longer um, available to work because right. they're sick, then right. we've basically lost this. Right. Um, so, the, so the two challenges with the testing up until now, maybe even continuing from now, if I understand correctly, has been shortage of test kits and then shortage of personal protective equipment for the healthcare providers to be able to do the test. That's correct. And the third 
challenge is a shortage of the reagent. So when you take the specimen to the lab, mm -hmm. the, as I said, I described the, the testing process, right. but the reagents used to do the detection of the wow. genetic material okay. also is in short supply. Wow. So it's a, it is at every stage right. of the uh, process okay. where we have a challenge. Um, the, the issue with N95s, you know, we have a national stockpile of N95s that we've, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the, um, what is it called? Is that the um, Strategic National strategic, Stockpile? The, the okay. SNS, the Strategic National Stockpile. Um, so that stockpile contains N95 respirators. Mm. Um, the, uh, at this time, the respirators in that stockpile had expired. Oh, wow. And so what has been happening is they've been looking to see if we, the shelf life of those respirators can be extended. Gotcha. Um, and so they've been looking at different tests to make sure that it still works um, and that it's still protective right. and that it's the integrity of the mask still holds right. and so on. Okay. And I believe that they have determined that a certain batches, certain batches of the stockpile um, are still viable right. for use. Okay. So we can expect some more guidance so on help, that help. Um, because if it, if it is released, yeah. then it will help alleviate a little bit of the right. shortfall that we have right, right now. I, I mentioned um, Dr. Schwartz a minute ago, uh, uh, he did a video that's on the county's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Fairfax County, where he addresses testing and goes over some more of this stuff as well. So, so a good resource there, as well as the fairfaxcounty.gov slash COVID-19. That's a uh, web portal page that is assembling everything, health information, um, county buildings affected, uh, business information, all that's kind of being provided on that uh, portal page, fairfaxcounty.gov slash COVID-19. But when we were talking about testing, uh, we needed to make it clear, Fairfax County Health Department does not test. And it's a recommendation that you contact your healthcare provider to see if you need to get a test before just showing up to your healthcare provider. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So what we have been doing, um, and this is not unique and this for other, respirat I mean, other infectious diseases, is to facilitate testing to DCLS, to the state lab. Okay. And the state lab is called DCLS. Um, so we work with providers to tell them how to collect the specimen and how to ship it. We make arrangements. Sometimes if they don't have um, testing materials, we, we've been able to supply that um, um, for them to be able to then do right. it in their, in, their, in their own clinical setting. Um, the, before this, before testing for COVID is done, um, it is important that the patient be evaluated um, right. because having those respiratory symptoms is not unique to COVID. There could be other reasons why a person might have fever and, and a cough and mm. shortness of breath. Um, these are not new symptoms. Right. We, we've, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's existed for, forever and other disease processes have um, actually been the result of those um, symptoms. And so it's important that a person be evaluated and then be tested for um, flu uh, because people are not, might not realize it, but the flu virus is still circulating. There are other viral um, um, infectious um, um, 
the other viral infections that are also um, circulating within our community. So it's advisable for providers to rule out those um, illnesses first, those diseases first, and then test for COVID if mm -hmm. all of those panels come back negative. All right. Um, so at the health department, and this is what a primary care provider does, at the health department, we don't do primary care. Our primary care clinics used to be um, CHCN, or the Community Health Care Network, which is now being um, operated. We've actually handed over that part of our um, um, line of business to the federally qualified okay. health centers. Okay. So, so that's where... So um, good point. Fairfax County Health Department is not in the primary health care no. provision. We have not been in that business since July 1st of last year. Okay, all right. So again, don't just show up on the doorstep of your doctor. I think the advice from the health department is call or contact your physician, your primary health care provider, give them an idea of symptoms, then they can advise you. You know, if you need to show up, there may be even um, certain steps that you need to take that That's maybe correct. they're going to see you after hours That's or correct. those kind of things. That's correct. So it's a very important for anyone who's symptomatic and um, is not doing well, you know, like having shortness of breath and, mm -hmm. and so on, to call their healthcare provider ahead of time for the very reasons that you have cited. Most important, it helps them to make arrangements so that you don't infect or expose others who might be in their right. office, who might be part of those high-risk groups that we talk about that are at risk for um, developing the severest form of COVID. Right. Um, so that's, that's an important thing. And then also, um, it also gives them a heads up if they don't have, if they, if they are faced with the same challenges around um, testing in terms of PPE and so on that I talked about, that you don't waste your time going there only to be told that they are not able to, to do it. Right. Um, so those are good reasons why you should call ahead. Okay. One thing I kind of forgot to mention at the top of the show, we're, we're doing this podcast somewhat slightly differently. Uh, instead of the three of us being crammed into a little <laughs> audio studio, we're actually recording in the Channel 16 television set, and we're, we're practicing that social distancing. But you talked about first responders, and Mr. Hill, I wanted to, to talk with you a little bit about that. I think it was, uh, is it D.C. that's had uh, some uh, firefighters uh, self-quarantine? I think, Dr. Lawyer, that might, might be the correct word uh, I'm using. Our fire and rescue, our uh, police department, our sheriff's department, our 911 center, all still operational, everything moving along there? Yes, uh, we, are, we have not limited operations at all at this juncture. Um, we are asking our police, fire, public safety officials to be extremely cautious um, as they uh, protect and serve the residents of Fairfax County. You know, again, uh, my goal is to hopefully uh, continue to keep business as normal as we possibly can, but more importantly, keep everyone safe um, that works for Fairfax County and, and who lives in our jurisdiction. And when you look at the size of our jurisdiction and the amount of cases we have, we've been very fortunate thus far. Um, we just don't have a lot compared to others. I believe Arlington County at this juncture uh, was the highest as of yesterday. Uh, that might change any minute. But a uh, little county like James City County, where I came from, was number two. Um, and they were number one for quite some time. So you have 77,000 or 73,000 residents and they have the highest number of uh, COVID-19 cases. 
our goal is to make sure that we as a community are safe. We have a great health director. We have a great staff looking out for our community. And that is where we are. And again, uh, business as usual is because I am trying to ensure the normalcy of what we do, even in an unnormal time. So business as usual, <clears throat> that means we need to get a budget passed. Um, where, where are we at in this, in this budget process? And anything you can enlighten us on, on, on how that process has changed or may change, any changes? Well, the budget, <laughs> the budget process is gonna change. Uh, obviously, uh, not knowing what the future holds, I'm going to be in the building over the weekend trying to figure out with our finance team, Joe Mondaro, uh, Christina Jackson, Phil, um, um, we're, we're gonna be all together looking at how we can put together another budget with scenarios of revenue not being there. Um, I'll give you an example. Everybody's happy that the federal government cut the rates. Right. Uh, that cutting of the rate the interest last rate. week, the interest rate last week cost Fairfax County a, a penny. And people will say, well, it's only a penny. Well, a penny to Fairfax County and a penny is about $26.5 million. That's wow. what that cut was on top of about a $60 million loss with the other cuts that have come with our, so we have no interest income at all wow. on our investments. So, you, you know, when you, when you look at the totality of what is happening, without COVID, just cutting the rates, I had three pennies to make up, mm. way we budget. Um, sales tax, I think, is gonna come in pretty good. You know, I just spent $10 on a 12-pack of toilet tissue at Aldi the other day. <laughs> And I was the last one to get the toilet tissue. Um, last night I was at Walmart. I was the last one to get um, paper towels. And there's a lady, she had three kids. I just handed her the paper towels. You know, I, that's what I do. It's all about our community. It's all about making sure that everybody is able to continue moving forward in some fashion of normalcy. But when you go to stores and there's nothing in the shelves, it's kind of hard for you to figure, why are we doing this? Um, perishable items you can get, non-perishables, not in the store. So as normal as we can possibly keep it, I'm not sure how long we can keep it normal. Right. In my view, as the county executive, my job is to ensure that we all have jobs. Uh, we all are providing the service to the county, to the residents. If we shut down, that is going to be catastrophic. Um, and, and hopefully the governor will give me a little lead time uh, be, because I'm, I'm always reacting to what the governor's press conference, conferences are. And, you know, it, it's part of my job. Uh, people say right. that's why you're there. Jeff McKay and the Board of Supervisors are being briefed daily on the things that are going on. I have morning meetings, 8.30 every morning to go over the day before, trying to plan for the future. Problem is, every time there's a press conference, right. <laughs> things change. Right. At 12 o'clock on every day, Monday through Friday, Dr. Gloria puts things out that make me change as well. <laughs> so I have a lot of factors moving, not only the health factor, but the economy factor, the staff factor, the citizens factor. We have a lot of factors moving on. I'm not complaining. It's really testing uh, a lot of mental fortitude among many of our team. Mm -hmm. But you know what? This is what we, we don't live for this, but when we get there, this is what makes us better. Right. We are working together, we're talking, 
And again, as I put out the strategic plan, where do you want to shape the future? How do you want to shape the future? Well, now the future is being shaped for us. Right. The question is how are we going to work within that shape? Right. Is there a deadline that the budget has to be passed? Well, May 5th. It may is, change at noon, right? <laughs> May, May 5th is our, is our deadline. However, we are going to be putting some um, guidance out for continuity of business, and we're going to challenge some of the state statutes to see how we can work within our time frame as opposed to the state's time frame. Mm. More to come. All right. We're almost out of time. I want to uh, give each of you the final word, uh, kind of anything I haven't asked, anything you would <coughs> like to, to, to add, uh, kind of a message uh, for residents, uh, employees, et cetera. Dr. Gloria, I'll start with the health department. Anything that you can tell someone listening right now that's, that's seeing all these changes, as, as Mr. Hill said, you know, happening daily, hourly, you know, the uncertainty about mm -hmm. what's going on. Anything from a health perspective that you can address? I, mean, I think it's clear that these are unprecedented times. Um, we haven't, at least in our lifetime, experienced right. um, this level of uncertainty, um, fear, um, as we listen to how, or how we see how quickly the virus is spreading around the globe, and then here as well, um, the um, closures that have happened um, have also um, resulted in, in, in more uh, heightened concern. Right, right. Um, but I th what I'd like to say is for all of us to sort of um, take a deep breath and um, not panic, but be very thoughtful about guidance that has come out um, and to follow those guidances, um, especially the guidances or the recommendations that are within our control. That seems so, you know, these are everyday messages. You right. just want to kind of roll your eyes at it. Right. They are the most critical weapon we have right now against this virus, and it is within our control. So I'd like to encourage people, again, they've heard it said many times, to cover their coughs and their sneezes, to wash their hands frequently and to wash it well. The best way to wash your hands is with soap and water for 20 seconds, and if that is not available, soap and water, then the next best thing is um, hand sanitizers. However, if you have the option between soap and water, always choose soap and water. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really, the water doesn't have to be a certain temperature. It is just having water that is a com that is uh, temperature, at a temperature that, that is comfortable enough for you to keep your hands under it and rubbing it for that long duration. And the best way is to, when, to wet the hands, get your soap, make a lather, make sure that you're, wa you're washing the back of your hands, touching your wrists and so on, going under the nails. This is mm -hmm. where people miss the most, mm -hmm. under the nails. Making sure you get under your nails and then running the water through to wash your hands properly. It is that action of water and the scrubbing that removes dirt and germs. So that is very critical that, that we do that. And then the third message is to stay home when sick. The county is going through um, different um, processes to enable us to stay home when sick. With the leave policies, with the um, um, teleworking arrangements that are being made, so many things, giving people 
who uh, find themselves at high risk, um, giving them an opportunity to opt out um, and of coming to work mm -hmm. and staying home if that's their choice. All of these things, please take advantage of them and feel that you are in control of this to as much as we can. The virus is here. It's here to stay. We can't do anything about it, but there's a lot we can do to minimize its potential impact on all of us, ourselves, our families, and the community at large. Right. Well, as you said, simple messages, but oh so effective messages. Mm -hmm. Mr. Hill, it's your podcast. I'll give you the final word. Uh, anything you'd like to say to, to residents or, or county employees or anyone listening right now? Well, I want everybody to listen to this podcast. And the, I mean, if they don't listen to it all, listen to the last minute and a half of what Dr. Gloria just stated. Uh, this is the message that we've been saying from day one. I get so many emails about the water is not hot enough and I can't wash my hands and the health department has told us that we need warm water and I call Dr. Gloria and she says, Brian, water is water. It's how you wash your hands. <laughs> I loved the way she was demonstrating on the podcast how to wash hands and I'm thinking maybe we should just do a video on how to wash hands because it's, it's an art that's lost. My goal, again, is to ensure that every staff member goes home every two weeks with a paycheck. My goal is also to ensure that every community member receives the services that they deserve because they pay taxes in this county. Our goal is to protect and serve. Our Board of Supervisors are the body that is trying to ensure that we normalize this as much as we possibly can, but we also understand there is an era of caution. And Dr. Gloria and her team have been exemplary in trying to show the way, bring, the, bring all, the, all, the, all the science forward so we can make concerted efforts to engage our community as well as our team. We can't do it all. We need as much help as we possibly can, but I need our team to know if we ever shut down government, that is a catastrophic thing that's going to happen for the Commonwealth of Virginia, let alone Northern Virginia, but the Commonwealth of Virginia will be in mass, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a mass situation. Right. We, we need to ensure that everybody knows it. And I'm not going to keep it open just to keep it open. If we have a health concern, when Doc tells me it's time to think about closing, guess what? I am not the county executive who does not make quick actions when I have to. I'm, I'm going to make my action, and if it's the wrong action, well, it's how you pivot to make it, to make it better. Right. But I am not going to put anybody in harm's way. We are a family. We are working towards greatness, and I think with her leadership as well as all the deputies and the directors, we're in a great place com com comparatively to other lo localities and jurisdictions. So. Bear with me. Uh, we're working 24 hours a day to ensure that we can continue to provide services to our constituents. The Board of Supervisors have been very supportive with what we're doing. We're going out to communities virtually to talk about where we are. The budget, we are in a great place. Just bear with us. Stand strong. Talk to your supervisors. If that doesn't work as a staff member, elevate it or escalate it to another supervisor. Because all the emails that go to the board somehow trickle down to me for response. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay. They're even saying they're employees and they're not employees. Right. But it's okay. 
we answer every single email. We answer every single email with dignity, respect, and, and, and truth. And that's all we ask, because the minute I leave work, I want to make sure I can go home and go to sleep and not be thinking about my day, because if I'm thinking about my day, I'm not getting good rest to come in here and do what's best for this community. All right. Well, you mentioned emails, and I'll kind of close out the podcast by giving an email, a telephone number, and a website. Uh, if you have questions, email ffxcovid at fairfaxcounty.gov. You can also uh, follow the web portal, again, where all the information is, health, um, uh, business information, everything the county is doing, fairfaxcounty.gov slash COVID-19. You can also sign up for a text alert for COVID information that we're sending out uh, multiple messages a day, but not going to overwhelm you. It's the latest news and information, that type of thing. Text FFXCOVID to 888-777. And Dr. Gloria with the health department also has staff that are staffing a call center to get any of your questions specifically about coronavirus answered. And that call center number is 703-267-3511. And that is staffed Monday through Friday, 9.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. and on Saturdays and Sundays, 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Dr. Gloria Adayensu, Fairfax County Health Director, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Mr. Hill, County Executive, Fairfax County, thank you, sir. Your podcast, so <laughs> thanks for showing up for it. <laughs> it's our podcast, Jim. It's our, everything is ours, not mine. Right. It's ours. Our podcast. There you go. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and join us next time. This has been the Connect with County Leaders podcast. To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune in to Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov radio. For more Fairfax County news and event information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You also may call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Or email publicaffairs at fairfaxcounty.gov. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.